This is Michael Easley in context. Follow Michael on Twitter, at Dr. Easley. And now your host, Dr. Michael Easley. Stefan, when people hear about Germany, they think a lot of images, at least the Western mind does. How, how would you give us a picture of Potsdam today? Oh, Potsdam is... Uh, so we have to talk, if we talk about Germany, we have to have in mind that we have the 25th, or we had the 25th anniversary of the, the wall broke down. So Potsdam is one of the most hippest cities in former East Germany. So a lot of people move to uh, Potsdam because it's not that big, but it's close to Berlin. It's uh, the family city. It's a lot of Prussian history. You can find there 20 something castles, a lot of parks, a lot of families. So, yeah, it's, it's a nice city, one of the nicest cities in Germany. Growing up in Germany, what was your, what was your family like? What was your history like? So my parents <clears throat> both uh, are Christians. Uh, I grew up in a state church system, so a Protestant state church. Um, I have two siblings, uh, so all my family uh, are Christians. Um, now, now, when you say state church and growing up Christian, um, the Western mind hears a lot of different things. Because hmm. state church, you know, evangelical, fundamental, independent. Give us a picture of what a state Christian church is like. So, in uh, Hessen, where I grew up, it's it's called the Bible Belt of Germany. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, we have all the Christian, the bigger Christian organizations are in, uh, in Hessen, Gießen okay. placed. Yeah. So... Um, in the state church, and the Protestant state church, um, we had a, or we can see a negative development from the Christian, um, Lutheran background, um, more through the historic critical theology. So not that much pastors in the so-called state church are Christians at all. So okay. this is a development, but my parents are, and I grew up with a evangelical pastor in the state church. What would you attribute your your pastor particularly and your parents being exposed to that biblical foundation versus not? They believe that way and they try to they try to use this old structure of the state church system mm-hmm. that's really complicated in Germany. Yeah. Um, try to use that to invite People who call themselves Christians because they have been baptized as uh, babies mm-hmm. into this complicated system right. um, to help them to understand, hey, that's that's not all. We have to read the Bible, not have to, but it's good for you to read the Bible. It's <laughs> good for you to uh, to pray. So it's kind of relationship instead of structure. People in Germany, if they if you are talking about church, they have in mind it's a building or. A, um, a structure that nobody needs. Okay. Okay. So and they tried in our small village to help people to, to go to church, to hear the gospel. So number one, it's rare you grew up in a Christian home mm-hmm. where both your parents are believers. What age did you, did you settle this <laughs> issue for yourself? I would describe it, I settled two times. Okay. Uh, in my teenager years. Um, and then I had two, three years where I tried to find my own faith. And I was, from my perspective now, I wasn't a believer. 
Mm-hmm. So I tried to do different things. And then I came back in the age of 17, 18. So and from this point on, uh, I would describe it as a really strong faith. Right. You're committed. Mm-hmm. So uh, <coughs> schools are different than in the West. So explain to us, when you're 18, you're in what level of school? So I... I You'd finished by then? <coughs> yeah. I did a, another normal... Uh, way so I graduated. Well, you're not very normal, so that's good. Yeah, so I graduated <laughs> with a tenth grade. Then okay. did a one year intern in an what is it old people retreat center. Huh. Um, then I did an education. We call it in German education as a male nurse. Then I became an ambulance driver for wow. a couple of years. Wow. Then I um, went back to school to do a three year high school uh, graduation as an adult. And then I studied theology. Wow. So how old were you when you finished your uh, seminary training? Um, 31. 31. Mm-hmm. And during that time, God stirring in your life to plant a church, to go into the structured church? What? No, I had, I had the idea of becoming a pastor. Mm-hmm. So church plant came a lot later, so a couple mm-hmm. of years later. So I started um, working as a minister, as a pastor in Germany's Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a growing, growing church. Um, so a mix uh, between state church and free church. So under the big umbrella of the state church, but the people over the last uh, 100 years wanted more. They studied, uh, started Bible study groups, and so then developed church under the umbrella free church under the umbrella of the state church Mm -hmm. so that's a little bit complicated it's not easy um but yeah i have been pastor there for five five and a half years and during that time i had a a, one year with a a crisis uh Mm. so burned out hospital depressions and Mm. after that i felt that god was leading us as a family into a transition process. And then we started thinking about church planting. Now, you went over that real quickly about depression and burnout. Um, Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So uh, that's common in ministry in the States. We hear about it a lot. We don't probably hear about it much abroad uh, from the Westerner viewpoint. So tell us a little bit, what is that like in Germany? Is that viewed, how, how do they view it in Germany? I think there's a change going on mm-hmm. uh, because it's you, if you really listen to it, you can hear it more often. Mm. So, but I think in the last years it was a taboo, right? Topic, right. Theme. Um, so, but it's during my time in the hospital, I met at least ten other pastors. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, getting more normal in the churches for pastors, for teachers, for um, nurse, male nurse. So it's a in the 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 um, areas where it's a relational work with people. So it's more uh, normal, but it's easier to handle a broken leg or something else than uh, something in your soul is going on. Right. So people are not really. Uh, they s- most of the people seemed a little helpless to talk about it. So I handle it from the very beginning on very open to help them Mm -hmm. and that had the effect of having a lot of counseling conversations because people recognize oh our uh, pastor struggled with that so um, maybe he 
can allow me to talk about it. And that had a, a, a big effect uh, on our church. Now, you started to do a church plant, first of all, in Potsdam. And then we'll just jump to the story where you started Mittendern. Mm-hmm. Tell us what Mittendern means, what it's about, and... Uh, mm-hmm. And why this excites you? A big smile comes on your face. Mittendrin <laughs> <laughs> means uh, in the thick of it, so in, in the center of Potsdam. We want to be a center church, um, so city focus, gospel focus, grace focus. Um, and it's uh, it, it was for us as a family, it was a big transition to move from West Germany to former East Germany. Because East Germany, we have an atheism rate of 90, 95%. Wow. Um, so, and people don't even think about church in crisis. So there's no expectation, um, for church or a pastor or, um, and it, that was really exciting. Um, thinking about starting a church in the center of, uh, an really old style communism city in former East Germany where people never think about going to a church. So that was a... A lot of people told me, do you think that is the right decision after burnout, after you have been burned out (laughs) to go this way? Um, But, you know, for me or for us as a team and as a family, it was... um, it was a positive challenge because um, in the Bible Belt, Germany's Bible Belt, it was more like oh, people um, used to be consumers in the church. And here uh, we we recognize, oh, there are questions. People have the questions. People are have their deep longing in their soul mm-hmm. for answers to their questions. But there's no church um, or they had or have no experience with any church um, to to focus on that questions or answers. So most of the churches are giving answers to questions that people don't have. So we decided to help Potsdam's people to create the right questions. Hmm. And then maybe we will get the chance to answer. So what are some of the right questions? It's the typical questions. Where do I come from? Where do I go to? But you know, in, in these circumstances, post-Christian, post-communism, post-modern, um, they try to f- to answer that question with uh, work as a mm. big deal, mm-hmm. money, um, relationships. Um, and they never thought about, is there more or could there, could there be more? And we want to help them to think about their... We think there is more. We think, um, yeah, the gospel has the answer. Now, when you when you began Mittendern, it's a, a coffee house kind of venue, correct? And not, not 100% correct. So okay. we, we started two things. We started the church plant okay. and we started a coffee shop. Okay. So um, a little bit independent from each other. But the relationship is with the, with the people. So yeah. the leadership team of the coffee shop is part of the church and part of the leadership okay. team of the church is the leader of the coffee shop. But it's uh, the relationship or the, the it's just the relationship, uh, the people who make the relationship between coffee and church. So we are 
um, celebrating worship services in a rented uh, theater in Potsdam. But we have, um, and the aim of the coffee shop was just to be one of the best coffee shops in Potsdam. Mm -hmm. So, and this third space, we tried to create a third space because people are really skeptical after all the, with all the communism backgrounds and the DDR, former East German uh, background. So people, it's really hard to, it's not easy to trust other people, even 25 years after the wall came, came down. down. You mentioned that that area is economically pretty good, mm -hmm. that there's a lot of money. It's not like part of Berlin or, or part of the areas that really struggle post the wall coming down. Yet at the same time, um, there, there's an angst, a suspicion toward people like you, mm -hmm. and you're peddling <laughs> some new, new church thing. Um, how would you define their atheism? I mean, is it just because of the existential way they are their environment or have they you know wh what are your i it's interesting they a lot of people are ca calling themselves as atheists but they never thought about it so it's not a decision i'm i thought about it and my conclusion is my decision is i'm i'm an atheist it's more like never thought about it so there's no god mm-hmm so that's interesting because it's not an ag aggressive atheism. It's more like, okay, I'm open if you are really uh, good in helping me to find uh, the question or mm -hmm. the answer. Yeah. So there's not an animosity toward it. If once you start talking to, to uh, people about why they believe what they believe, you find it, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Easier than easier. in West Germany to talk to people who think they understood everything. Yeah. So yeah. they call themselves Christians. Yeah. Um, and with, uh, yeah, we're starting a church. Okay, I know what you're doing. No, you don't know. <laughs> so in here, oh, what are you doing? Never thought about that. That's interesting. In a, in a theater, never thought about it. That's not, you don't look like a pastor. How is a pa pastor looking like? So mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's easy to create questions and to uh, have conversations with people. You know, in the States, it's been uh, noticeable the last two, three decades. Atheism was precisely the way you described it. It was, we never really thought about it, therefore I must be one. But there's a small movement of very aggressive atheism. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say the, the rank and file atheist, <laughs> if you could call them that in the States, they don't really know why they believe that. Mm. And the same who, who use the word agnostic, mm -hmm. agnosis, there is mm -hmm. no God. Uh, they really don't know why they mm. arrived there. And, you know, there'd be lots of good studies on, on how they got there. But um, anyway, so, so you're in Potsdam. You are uh, planning a church. You're using a coffee house as a third meeting place mm -hmm. to have a presence of community and, and to draw people in. Uh, how's it going? How, how are you feeling about things? What are you seeing happen? Um, last year I used the picture, so my family, my wife and I, we went through a process because East Germany is a hard ground, mm -hmm. but we are believing in a sovereign God. So it's no problem for him to open a hard ground or open hard hearts. Um, so we went through a process and asked ourselves, can we stay here even if we never can see any results so that was two years ago and that was a hard question um, and now a year or 
18 months later, I'm not allowed to use that example because we can see any, we can see results. So we started a worship service last year in January with 11 people. Um, and today we are between 70 and 90 people. Mm. And in some worship services, 50% people who never have been in a worship service before. So I have to work with pages in the Bible, not with biblical books because they don't know where to start <laughs> searching them. <laughs> right. So I use the um, the pages. Page number. Um, we had after, now f we moved five years ago to Potsdam and walked alongside some people since four years. One of them uh, became converted, became a Christian mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago. We had our first baptism this year in October with four people. So this is small steps but um, the Lord is good and we are excited a lot of people come and the the best experience um, I made is when seekers non-Christians are attending a worship service and they are back the next week bringing their friends mm. and uh, they told them you have to hear that I don't know what he's talking about but <laughs> <laughs> Seems <laughs> something's interesting. Something's interesting. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Um, now you are a partner, a strategic partner with Fellowship Bible Church in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. um, Brian Petak, who's on the other side of the glass with us right now, but uh, uh, that partnership developed over a number of years, and um, two families from this area, mm -hmm. um, John and Molly O'Connor, and Ronnie Leslie, F and. John and Molly O'Connor and Ronnie and Leslie Freeman packed up their lives in the United States and moved to Germany. Mm. That doesn't happen a lot. Uh, so now you've got these two Western couples that you've got to manage and babysit and help <laughs> them get established and just basically say, learn German and then we'll talk, right? Yeah. And, um, and yet they've been there now, John and Molly, what, two years? Nearly two years, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And Ronnie and uh, and Leslie, not quite a year. Sixteen months. Oh, it has been okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, give us an update on how 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 are they helping you? How are these couples helping? Mm -hmm. So, John and Molly moved to Potsdam, uh, and John found a job in Berlin. Um, so he has a full time job, and he is fluent in German. So he's really good. Fantastic. Uh, Molly is helping us in the coffee shop, uh, and she made a lot of contacts in Potsdam uh, through her German class. So that's pretty good to use the uh, learning situation in the German class to connect people with the coffee sure. shop and the church. So we started really early to translate our worship services into English because we had a lot of people from the German class coming to the worship services just because of the relationships. So I think they are, I would describe the O'Connor situation as really good. So, yeah, That's they exciting. are really helpful. Um, the Freemans as a family are in a different situation. It's hard for a family with three kids moving to another country with a definitely different culture, even if it seems, oh, it's pr pretty close to the USA. It's not, not if so much, if, right? It's not if it's not just a vacation and mm. it's reality. So it was hard for them and it took more than a year to settle in. Mm-hmm. I think they, they, I remember weeks where they said, 
in between one week it was the most exciting the best week we ever experienced and a day later it was the most <laughs> the worst <laughs> the worst week we ever experienced so it's an up and down uh, yeah but we are glad having them I often tell pastors it, it takes two to three years no matter where you go yeah. it takes two to three years before you you know you feel at home you know where the routines are you have some friends that are, you know, more than just, oh, I know that face. Mm. Um, Even for us, moving from West Germany to East Germany, really? it took two to three yeah. years. So my wife would describe it as a culture shock for at least yes. two years. Yeah, yeah. And it is. And you're expected to reach out in that time, and it's not all about you, yet you've got, you know, you miss friendships and mm -hmm. food and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, familiar patterns. Mm -hmm. um, now, now, Brian and I have talked about the Fellowship Strategic Partnership, which is a very unusual model for Western churches, as opposed to having where you have a missionary board and you have pins of all these people you mm -hmm. have, you know, and you send $200 here. You know. um, and I love what Brian has done from a foundation of we want a relationship with you, a partnership, mm -hmm. where we're coming back and forth again and again. Uh, how does that feel from your side? That's, for us, that's, that's unbelievable good to know that there's a big church with uh, a lot of prayers and the money and the support uh, people relationships and it's not a it's a back and forth even if we cannot give that much because it's a smaller group but I can feel with the Skype calls and the reports mm. back and forth um, two of my daughters have been here for a summer so and it was good for Brian to hear that was a real encouragement for us as a family. So and it was part of the relationship, mm -hmm. and it's uh, yeah it's a little unusual, but we really um, it's not just enjoy that it's a pleasure it's a, it's a real support, um, and it's yeah now being here a third or fourth time for me it's it's. Uh, feels a little bit like coming home or it's familiar well people seeing, are excited to see you yeah. yeah yeah they were excited you're coming yeah so it's that's really really great to have you even if i don't want to um have a dependency on u.s churches so for me a definition of a healthy church is that over the time and i think in in east germany that will take a long time uh, being independent so i want the members to be that committed that it's not any longer necessary to have mm -hmm. support but we can um, do more things with having that long-term relationship and that was pretty clear from the very beginning on fellowship is a church who has a full yes to we want to be aside you for long-term mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. walk you know, Fellowship Inception was um, from another church. They were planted from Little Rock, and that church was planted from other fellowship churches. And it's been interesting to watch that trajectory because over time, um, those churches, when Fellowship started 15 years ago, it was a small church, but it was already thinking about where will we have partnerships, where will we help plant churches. Mm -hmm. Look at Fellowship between 10 plus partnerships. Um, does that affect your thinking uh, from Mittendern about? Will, will we plant churches? Will we be? Yeah, definitely. Um, so over the last weeks, we got some requests. Can you imagine being a church planter training center for East German church plants? And we talked about that in our leadership team. And 
So we would like to start church plants in the next years, mm -hmm. uh, in the next um, bigger cities um, around Berlin and, and, and Potsdam and Brandenburg. So we have uh, three cities in, my, in, in our yeah. mind, and we would like to um, become part of a movement. We don't just want to be another church. Um, so we want to we want to multiply um, and want to start church plants, daughter churches. Yeah. So somebody's listening to you and me, and um, they're wondering how in the world would God ever use me in some situation, whether it's a partnership, a plant, whether it's doing something not their eight to five job. Um, what would you tell them? So the typical Christian answer is pray for us, but that's <laughs> the that's definitely the engine. Um, so for me, coming to fellowship is like there are thousands of people praying and maybe I know just 10% of them and the rest I will get to know in heaven. Mm. This is a picture for me. Okay, but this is the engine of our um, church plan. So this is not just, okay, if we don't have any other ideas, please pray. So this is one of the main things. And yes, um, the the funds are helping, are helpful for us. We are in a, I would say we are in a transition uh, process of, in East Germany, it's all about relationships. And the short-term mission trips, it has both. It's encouraging for the team who's coming and encouraging for the team who's working there every right. day. But a short-term mission trip hasn't, isn't that impactful or hasn't that impact that we wished it would have. Um, so it's, it's uh, I don't know. So on the one hand side, I, I would say um, we need Germans in their own culture who are willing to invest long-term. To make that happen, we need short-term mission trips to multiply these thoughts and, and have new prayers and new relationships and maybe people who are willing to give mm -hmm. to support us. So it's, it's a little bit of transition going on. Now, some of your folks back in Mittendern are going to listen to this. And um, you're in the States now. What do you want to tell them? What would you like them to hear? Yeah, it's it's part of the strategic partnership to deepen that relationships here, to 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 meet friends again, to um, to have strategic um, conversations and see all the other uh, partners from all over mm -hmm. the world. That that's really important um, for me to see. Hey, in Russia, in Africa, in Jordan, wherever, um, it's it's different, but we all are working uh, for God's kingdom. In different ways and uh, different places but we all try to fulfill God's aims mm -hmm. and trust his timing so uh, there's a lot of people who let me go my family the church um, that's that's good and I trust them right now with whatever they are doing back home um, and it's yeah it's equipping for the long path here 
so for me it's and for Katarina who's with me it's a re refreshing time and an encouraging uh, time here and that definitely will help us to to do our job better and to trust God and to come home encouraged yeah when you uh, are at your uh, loneliest in ministry and you see the growth and it's exciting to see what's happening when you're at your loneliest at ministry because all pastors get there all ministers and you know people and caring you alluded to caring professions um, what, what's your relationship with God look like at that point Stefan how do you relate to him there's a lot of quietness I try to hear instead of talking um, and over the last month I started to read uh, psalms so I used words uh, from people that I know they had to go through the same situation instead of trying to create a good prayer good time with God I think that this is part of my loneliness that I'm trying to do everything as good or better as good as I can and for me it's part of this quiet time being quiet and just trusting that in the right moment God will let me know something um, and put the pressure aside of producing a good quiet time with God He's called us to be faithful, not successful. Mm. Yeah. Stefan, thanks for being with us today. It's great to see you. Thanks, yeah. If you have questions or comments, please let us know at michaelincontext.com. Subscribe to our newsletter for the latest news and information. Special thanks to our producers, Nicholas Peaks and Joe Pangalo. Thank you for listening to Michael Easley in Context.